I shall never forget that dismal hour. I shall never forget that desolate, drab scene about us. Those endless stretches of gray and dead white ice. That drab, dull sky. That thickening blackness in the west which entered in and made gray and black our souls. That ominous, eerie, and dreadful wind betokening a terrorizing arctic storm. I shall never forget the mournful group before me, in itself an awful picture of despair, of man's ambition failing just as victory is within his grasp. Awila, a thin, half-starved figure in worn furs, lay over his sled, limp, dispirited, broken. In my ears I can now hear his low, sobbing words. I can see the tears on his yellow-fissured face. I can see Itukishuk standing, gaunt and grim, as he gazed yearningly onward to the south, sighing pitifully, shudderingly, for the home, the loved one, Anadua, left behind, whom I could tell he did not expect to see again. It was a critical moment. Up to this time, during the second week of April, we had, by intense mental force, goaded our wearied legs onward to the limit of endurance, with a cutting wind in our faces, feeling with each step the cold more severely to the marrow of our bones, and with our bodily energy and our bodily heat decreasing, we had traveled persistently, suffering intolerable pains with every breath. Despite increasing despair, I had cheered my companions as best I could. I had impressed upon them the constant nearing of my goal. I had encouraged in them the belief of a nearness of land. Each day I had gone on, fearing what had now come, the utter breaking of their spirits. Unsinikpuashuka, yes, it is well to die. Awanga, updau epuksha. Yesterday I too felt that way, I said to myself. The sudden extinction of consciousness, I thought, might indeed be a blessed relief, but as long as life persisted, as long as human endurance could be strained, I determined to continue. Desperate as was my condition, and suffering hellish tortures, the sight of the despair of my companions re-aroused me. Should we fail now, after our long endurance, now when the goal was so near? The pole was only one hundred miles beyond. The attainment seemed almost certain. Beyond tomorrow morning, it will be better, I urged, trying to essay a smile. Igluktu, cheer up. Holding up one hand with a reach poleward, bending five fingers one after the other, I tried to convey the idea that in five sleeps the big nail would be reached, and then we would turn, pointing my fingers, homeward. Numale nemokopa amashura, for home, sweethearts, and food in abundance, I said. Nuna teranga, nula rangita, uta pitarangito, land is gone. Loved ones are lost. Signs of life have vanished. Return will I, the sky and weather I do not understand. It is very cold, said Awila. Atuda, among waka, only a little farther. Come, I pleaded. Atuda, mixungwa, 
only a little farther. Sukinut Melu, the son I do not understand, said Itukishuk. This had been a daily complaint for some days. The approaching equality of the length of shadows for night and day puzzled them. The failing night dip of the sun left them without a guiding line to give direction. They were lost in a landless, spiritless world in which the sky, the weather, the sun, and all was a mystery.